Numbers chapter 11. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said, and the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people that were on the outskirts. So which is to say, if you're sitting on the back row today, it could be a little bit dangerous. Let's keep going. I'm going to read off the screen, Ben. There we go. Uh, Then the people screamed uh, to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Taburah, which means the place of burning, because the fire from the Lord had burned among them. Then the foreign rabble who was with them, traveling with the Israelites, began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel were also beginning to complain, Oh, for some meat, they explained, exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic and no Tic Tacs, because that's a weird salad. All this stuff that we wanted, but now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. This manna, it looks like this small coriander seed, and it was pale yellow, uh, like, like gum resin. Let's skip down to verse 10. And Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents, and they were just whining. And the Lord became very angry, and Moses was also very aggravated. And Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all of these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land that you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get the meat for all of these people? They keep on whining and saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. And this is how you intend to treat me? Just go ahead and kill me now. Do me a favor and spare me this, mi- this misery. Uh, and now let's get down to 21, uh, which the Lord comes, he tells Moses, listen, I'm, I'm going to, Take care of this. You're, you're having this issue. I'm going to send some people to help you, and I'm going to bring in the meat. And then this is how Moses replies. He says, uh, but Moses responded to the Lord, there are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say I will give them meat for a whole month? Even if we butchered all the flocks and the herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? And the Lord said to Moses this, has my arm lost its power? Has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Has my arm lost its power? What if God was to speak that to you this morning? What is it? What is that thing? Is the Lord strong enough? Can the Lord not come through for you in your life? 
You know, I think sometimes, often, uh, we, we have these prayers and we ask the Lord, we ask Jesus, God, that if you would just come down, uh, we want to see you moving in our lives. We want to see you moving in our county. We want to see you moving in our families. And, and, and God, if you could do this and if you could do this. And, and I think what we forget sometimes is God wants to do that. He wants to do that more than we want him to do that. God wants to move in this county. God wants to move in your family. God wants to move in your life. He wants his spirit to become fully alive in you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? To know that the creator of all earth would come alive, that Christ in us, the hope of glory. But here, here there's a catch to this. Like so often, whether we kind of realize or not, what, what our prayers represent and reflect is, God, if you could just come and if you could get on board with what I'm doing, then everything would be okay. God, if you could just do this, 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 this in my life, then that would be awesome. And, and, and God just doesn't work that way. Like, we're not, he's not supposed to get on board with what we're doing. We're supposed to get on board with what he's doing. And he wants to move in power. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to, to be made known to every man, woman, and child. And, and there's this realization of God, we, we're going to follow you. You don't follow us. And, and here's this portion of scripture that we just read in Numbers 11 where uh, the entire children of Israel, they've, they've been in slavery, they've been in bondage, and, and they've come out to the desert, and, and they've seen miracles They've seen, uh, they've seen all types of miracles happen, uh, and they've just received instructions on how to live. They, they re- received uh, all of these commandments and, and, and laws and Leviticus and all of these things on, on how to live. And really, God's trying to teach them, this is what it looks like to be free. Because you don't know freedom. You've spent 400 years in slavery. And some things have got to change. And, and so they're coming out. They're learning what it is to be free. They've walked through the sea, and they have experienced manna in the desert. This, this manna shows up in the desert every day, but it's not long. A little bit of time has gone by. And then Numbers 11 opens up with, and the people were complaining. And they were complaining. Have you ever, like, gotten to that point where it's just, you're just complaining? And then the... Things have gotten so hard. And then there's a part of you that reads the story and you're like, seriously? Things have gotten so hard. I mean, you've been in slavery for hundreds of years. I mean, you've been, you've been beaten with, with, with whips and, and you've spent 16 hours a day making bricks. And, and now all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're, you're in a desert, but you're complaining because things have gotten hard. God is providing manna for you every morning. And it said, the Lord hears this, and his anger blazed against them, which, which is pretty crazy, right, this word blazed? Because if you were there and this was to happen, remember, you're the children of Israel, and the Bible tells us, like, he was a, a cloud and a, and a fire, a cloud by day, a fire by night. And so when it says blazed, like, no, literally blazed, like that fire got hotter. And so, like, if you're on the outside of the camp, you're like, yeah, God, man, that, I don't know, you feeling a little warm on your right side? Like, it's, oh, God's getting, I don't know, let's get a little bit more towards the center. You know, and God is, his anger is blazing against the people. And, and, and then there's this group of people that have kind of 
hitched a ride with the Israelites. There, there's this band of people, this, the, these rabbles that have, have come alongside, and it says that they started complaining. And, and it's not long before their complaints kind of infiltrated the entire camp that, oh man, if we had the goodness of Egypt. Now this is crazy because these people that start these complaints, these weren't Israelites, these weren't slaves. They didn't know the life that all of Israel had known. And so for them, Egypt represented, like, there was some good things about Egypt. There was good, good parts of life that we enjoyed the meat, and we enjoyed all of these things about Egypt, and to which the Israelites didn't know any of those things. But their complaint influenced an entire group of people to where Israel just kind of, I guess they just kind of forgot and all of a sudden, they started complaining with them. Uh, oh, man, if, if we would have just had it, re- we're remembering all the, the cucumbers and the melons. And they said this, all of this we got for free. Seriously? For free? It was not free. You were paying for it with your very life. With your very life, you were paying for those cucumbers and melons. And so, like, all of these complaints have infiltrated to the people where they've just really gone dumb. They have no idea. It's the equivalent of watching TV late at night when those infomercials come on, the as seen on TV, and they try to sell you. If you could just make 49 easy payments of $29.95, you could get this free beach towel. And you're like, oh, man, I've got to order that. I'm getting a free beach towel. Like, you realize that's not free, right? You realize you're paying for that sham wow. Like, the sham wow guy is at home in his easy boy recliner just like, yeah, they all thought it was free. Like, no, like, this is what's happened. These people have kind of bought into this idea that, no, it, it, they're just, just gone crazy listening to these people. And they've been sold on the idea that happiness and joy is always in the past or it's always in the future, but it's never right now. And what would make us happy now if we just had some meat? If we just had some meat, God, this is what we need. Never mind the fact that God's providing manna from heaven. I don't know about you, but if I woke up in the morning and there's some bacon and eggs on my doorstep every morning, I don't know if I'd be complaining. But maybe I would. Maybe I'd eat it a couple days and then all of a sudden, oh, I want something else. And it's not long until that mentality takes over and, man, I just, I need something new. I need a new job. I need a new wife. I need a new church. I need a new family. I need a new this. And we're so, so, so happiness and joy is always far off in the future or it's back in the past but it's never right here and right now. And it's always this infomercial that we're being sold that says, like, it's something else. And then we just we say, oh, if we had meat then, we would be okay. And then the complaining starts. And then we listen to the complaints of people who haven't gone through what we've gone through. And so, like, you're complaining because, oh, man, the electric's off for, uh, for about four hours. Oh, we lost electric. Like, you know, there's people out there that don't own TVs. And don't own microwaves and stoves and every other luxury item that we have. And so, like, if they were to come here to America and they were to hear us complain about, oh, my goodness, this, 
I mean, I think they would just laugh at us. Because there's this thing with us, like, all of this has to work out for everything to be okay. And, and just the other day, I'm in the yard, and, and I'm doing a little bit of yard work with, with my daughter, and we're kind of cleaning things up. And I don't know, maybe three years ago, I built my daughter this uh, little probably four-by-four four house um, made out of that redwood shingle stuff. You know, you see them at the stores. Kane, you know what I'm talking about. What's that thing called? We built one at your house, and it took like four days. Cedar Playhouse. Play Worst invention ever. And he bought like two of them. He's like, hey, Lucas, could you help me? Uh, no, I will never build one of those again. <laughs> Have you seen the instructions to those? Attach FJ79 with 2476er. Like, no, and you put one thing in the wrong place, and it's just, you know, you're 27 hours into a a four-by-four four kid's playhouse. And so my kid, you know, Kobe's looking at this playhouse, and she's like, Daddy, this is, I need a new house. I'm like, girl, that's only a few years old. You better put some paint on that thing. I ain't building you no, no. You could add a little bonus room on the side or something. You ain't getting no more cedar houses. That's it. We put this thing on stilts or something, but you ain't, uh-uh. But she's just like, it's old, Daddy, it's old. Girl, it, this house just about as old as you are. Like, you're only five. This house is only three. It's a brand-new house. But, Daddy, if I had this, like, no, no, no. Like, I gave her some crayons. You start drawing on the house. Like, you could draw all over that house. Girl, it's yours. <laughs> but the, the thing is, like, this happens, and, and sometimes, like, like, we just got get caught up with thinking that we need something new, something else to make us happy. God, just give me the meat. And then, and, and then our, uh, our lack of the new and the neatest and the greatest turns to complaining. And next thing you know, we're just complaining, complaining, complaining about everything, and then it filtrates the entire camp. It fills your entire home. It fills your entire marriage. All you're doing is just complaining, complaining, complaining. And, and, and here Moses wakes up. He hears these people complaining, and he says, God, seriously, how much longer do I have to carry these people? I'm like their mom over here, I'm carrying him around. Just, and he's just to this point where he's like, just kill me now. Like, just kill me. I'm done. The other day, I came home. And I don't know, some of you men, if you've ever come home from work and you see the look on your wife's face and you just know you should back out the house, just leave. <laughs> just, oh, my gosh. But you can't because you've already committed. You've already, like, you're halfway through the door and you're like, Oh, no. And, and you could just see it. Devin has had this day, and, and she's getting dinner ready, and she sits the plates, and she's tried this new recipe. It's this pork chop thing. And, you know, pork chops were made for the grill. And, and, and she's done this thing where it's like, it's like slathered in this, like, gravy sauce mix, and it's there. And we all sit down, and we've tried to do this thing where, as a family, we're eating dinners together. And so Devin and me and Kobe and Reese were sitting at the table, and, you know, you could just see it on Devin's face. And I take a bite of this pork chop, and it is, like, the worst pork chop ever. Like, and I'm just like, oh, it's good, baby. Good job. High five, fist bump. And, and Kobe, Kobe's, like, smelling it. But then Reese, if y'all know my youngest daughter, Reese, Reese takes a bite, 
and she's learned this word. This is disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord, Reese, like, you don't know what you're messing with right now. I'm like, come on, girls, just, just eat it. You're going to eat that pork chop. You're going to eat that thing. I know it's burnt up. I know it tastes horrible. It probably hit the floor a couple of times. You're going to eat that pork chop, girl. And they're all, you know, me and Kobe kind of see it on Devin's face. She's blazing. She's hot. Like, and Reese is complaining. I'm like, Reese, you're only a couple years old. You might not make it to be a teenager. Like, blazing against the people. And this is happening. And Moses is having this moment. And, and like, I got to tell you, I, I've had these moments. Like, the first, the first three years of this church, uh, I was working three jobs. I was working three jobs, and I wasn't making any money at two of them. You know, uh, so I was waiting tables, made a little bit of money. Uh, I was trying to pastor this church. I got paid like four bucks and like some gas money. And then I was also trying to sell real estate. I was trying to sell houses apparently that nobody wanted to buy. And it was 2010 and the market was collapsed. And I thought it'd be a good idea to get my real estate license. And so I'm working two out of three jobs making no money trying to learn what it is to be a pastor, starting this church, you know, and then we'd have like a Sunday service, and then someone would complain. And I'm like, on the outside, I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> on the inside, I'm like, oh my God, I'm blazing. You don't even know. Like, here's just a little tip, y'all. Never, ever, ever, ever complain to a pastor on a Sunday or even a Monday. Like, it's not a good thing, because you could just see, like, the Bible doesn't say this, but you get the feeling that it's probably Monday morning for Moses, and, like, he's had a good time. He's, like, gave him Leviticus. He's poor out of his heart. He's, like, like all of this stuff, God's been speaking to him, and he speaks it to the people. He's been on the mountain. There's these Ten Commandments. Moses is the man, and now all of a sudden, he wakes up. He comes outside of the tent, and everybody is whining, and he's just, God, just kill me now. Done. Life over. Have you ever had that moment where you've poured your heart and your soul into something and then only to be met with a bunch of complaints? Only to be met with, well, you could have done that better. And you're just, oh, Lord, that's it. I'm done. I quit. The first three years of the church, I quit every Sunday. I literally quit every Sunday. I was like, and that's why you don't complain until Tuesday because Monday is the day that the Lord deals with us. And we're like, all right, Lord, forgive me. You know, I see what you're doing here. And this is happening. This is going on. And Moses is hearing all of it. And it's a little bit, you know, it's frustrating. It is. I mean, all of y'all have had these moments, whether it's someone that you work with or whatever, and you've done your best, and then they're just complaining. Or, or, and the worst when you're really trying to help another person, or in Moses' case, it's, it's a, there's like a million people that he's trying to help and lead from, hey, y'all were... Moses is like, hey, I don't know if you remember, you were getting beat not too long ago. Y'all getting, not getting beaten anymore. I think I'm doing a pretty good job here. Um, but he's trying to help all these people. All this is happening, and, and it could get frustrating. It's a little bit like me trying to, to explain technology to my parents. It gets a little frustrating. I think my dad is the only person on the entire planet that has no idea what Wi-Fi is. He's like, I don't know, is that something on the Star Trek Starship Enterprise? Or? Like, he has no clue, no idea about technology. For him, technology peaked with the remote control. He's like, I could turn the TV on, I could do channels, and I could do volume. I'm good. 
And, and even then, I don't know if he even has that figured out because I remember being younger and like I'd come in and he, the TV would be muted. I'm like, Dad, you know, you just hit unmute. And he's just like, I'm good. He's like, I don't even care. I'm just watching the stuff move on the screen. I'm like, all right, Dad. If that, I mean, seriously, he would do this. My brothers will tell you. He would be watching TV with no sound. I'm like, Dad, it's a little creepy. I don't know. It's a little scary. But he's like, the remote, that's it. Y'all could have all the other stuff. You know, none of this stuff. But then... But the cool thing about my dad is he's accepted it. He's just accepted the fact that, you know, technology isn't for me, and I'll just rebuild engines, and I'm good. Um, but my mom has not accepted this fact. So she proceeds to call us with questions, and how do I do this? And every phone call answers, ends with me like Moses, God, just take me now. I can't, <laughs> can't do it. And so I'm like, Devin, just talk to my mom. Just you be her child for the next 45 hours as you teach her how to turn on the Wi-Fi. And... You know, and even, even Paul says it's like, to live is Christ, to die is gain, and like, that's the end. We're over. And see, but here's the thing. Moses had a leadership problem. Uh, I'll kick my water. I forgot it, please. Moses had this leadership problem. See, Moses, God's going to teach the children of Israel something, but he's also trying to teach Moses something. Because Moses has this tendency to be self-reliant. Moses has this tendency to think that he could do it all by himself. See, there's this moment where he kind of finds out who he is. He, he kills an Egyptian. He, he buries him in the sand. He runs off. Uh, there, there's these other times where he, he, uh, even where Jethro has to kind of bring some correction to him. You're trying to judge all of these people. And, and, and Joseph, Moses really isn't good on empowering people. He leaned towards self-reliance. He's complaining to God. Uh, and God's going to take care of it. God's spoken to Moses and told him, listen, uh, I'm going I'm to take care. I'm going to take all of these other men. You're going to grab them together. I'm going to take some of the spirit. I'm going to put it on them, and they're, they're going to help you carry the, mo- the, the load, Moses. And, and, and not only that, I'm going to give these people meat. I'm going to give them meat for a month. I'm going to give them so much meat they're going to be sick of it. And, and, and the Lord has spoken this, but you, you know what's funny is how he responds. He responds by saying, listen, just just." Soldiers alone, we have over 600,000 of them. How, how can you do this? How are you going to give them meat? Even if, even if we were to kill every cow we got, even if we were to wipe out the shelves of Walmart and Lowe's and Food Lion, and all, it still wouldn't be enough. God, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? And, and here's the thing. This is often the biggest roadblock that all of us will ever face is when God gives us a dream, when God gives us a vision, when God tells us he's going to do something, the first thing we want to know is how. And if you're not careful, you will get bogged down with the how so much so that you'll never see the promise. Because God, I just need to know how you're going to do it. And to which God doesn't give them any directions right here. All he does is give them a question. And the question is, is my arm lost its power? See, Moses has been focusing on the what. God wants him to focus on the who. And if all you are doing is looking at the what, you're going to get bogged down in the how, and I don't see how you're going to do this, and you're going to miss the promise that God has for you. But when we get our eyes on the who, God 
Your arm is not lost its power. Your arm is not too short. David says this in the Psalms. Listen, God, I'm refocusing my attention. See, some of us, I think that your dreams and your visions uh, uh, that God has for your life, it has stopped short because we focused on self-reliance. And we think that, well, uh, well, I can take care of this, and and if, if I can't do it, if I can't butcher enough cows, then I don't see how God can do it. And the dream has been paused because we've forgotten the who, and all you could see is you. And so, Lord, forgive me. God, your arm is not too short. You have not lost your power. God, you are the one that speaks the word and puts the world into creation. And God, you can do this. You can do it, Jesus. And, and here, here's another thing about this. There's this moment where the people have actually gotten to the point where they're complaining about the manna. They are receiving a literal miracle every day. They have gotten to the point where they are complaining about a miracle. Because all they could see is, we want some meat. We want some meat. Your complaints will keep you from your, from your promise. Your complaints will cause you to give up on the miracle and cast your eyes on the meat. Some of you are closer than you think to your promised land, but your attitude will keep you in the desert. Some of you are closer than you even know to your promised land, but your attitude will keep you in the desert. And here's this moment where something absolutely dangerous can happen. As the Lord hears all of these complaints. And and then it says this in verse 31. It says, and now the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the sea and let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction they were flying quail about three feet above the ground. So the people went out and they caught the quail. All that day and throughout the night and all the next day too, no one gathered less than 50 bushels. They spread the the quail all around the camp to dry. But while they were gorging themselves on the meat, while it was still in their mouths, the anger of the Lord blazed. Here's that word again. Blazed. Like remember, literally blazed. The fire is getting harder against them, and he struck them with a severe plague. So the place was called Kibroth Itava, which means the graves of gluttony, because they buried the people who had craved the meat from Egypt. See, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that there's prayers that I've prayed that God didn't answer. I'm glad that there's things in my life that, God, I thought that's what I wanted, and I was praying for it and praying for it and praying for it. And thank you, God, that you didn't answer that prayer. Thank you, God, that it didn't work out. Thank you, God, I know I wanted this meat, but it didn't happen. Because here's the thing. That meat is tainted. That meat is a product of their complaints. It's not a product of the blessing. It's a product of their complaints. And it said, 
here's the thing. It said that there was a plague attached to it. Like, that, that quail, that, that chicken had some Ebola virus on it. I mean, the people are happy. I mean, look at all. I mean, they are, they are in three feet of meat. I mean, they got meat for days. They are loving it. It's like, man, all of this meat, the Lord has sent it. This is amazing. This is awesome. And, and while they're putting it in their mouths, it's like, ooh. Have you ever gotten the very thing that you've been trying to go after only to when you got it, it didn't taste the way you thought it would taste? It didn't fill the gap you thought it would fill. It didn't bring the happiness you thought it would bring. It's because sometimes it's a product of our complaints and not the promise. See, God wants to give us something even better, but we've settled for something less. See, we want Saul, but God wants to give us David. So we want a king like every other kingdom. And so, like, if you do this, God even says, like, Saul's going to do this. He's going he's gonna, to... It's, it's gonna, hurt you people and the people are like well that's what we want and and, and all these i'm bringing you manna literally this miracle every day but but if you want the meat listen god thank you thank you that it didn't work out thank you that that relationship didn't work out the way i thought it would thank you that that job didn't work out the way i wanted it to work out thank you that that that, that, God, your arm is strong enough. God, forgive me for complaining about the miracle that I'm experiencing every day. That, God, there is breath in my lungs. There is life right here, right now. It's not in the past. It's not somewhere far out in the future. But, God, right now, in this moment, you want to live and breathe and move in me. That there is healing for you right now. There is salvation for you right now. There is hope for you right now. But if you get caught up with complaining, you'll miss it. And all you'll get is three feet of meat. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, as we gather this morning... And we ask for your presence to fill this room. Lord, we know that you're already here. God, we know that you want to break through and break into our lives. God, we know that you want us to have healthy marriages. God, that you want us to be great husbands, great mothers. God, but first and foremost, just be your children. To know, God, that we are simply just loved by you. And God, if there's any of us in here that we've just, God, you've taken us through some Red Seas. You've parted. You've made some miracles. You've, you've supplied some morning manna. And God, we've gotten caught up with just complaining about something else. God, forgive us. Help us to stop looking back at Egypt. Help us to know what it means to truly live free. Because God, your arm has not lost its power. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. 
For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come on.